Welcome, we're so glad you're here. We're in our series called The Forever Gift, and uh, we're gonna jump into a passage, if you have your Bibles, in Luke chapter two, post-actual Christmas day. I don't care, it's an important message, even though the, the message, the, the passage we're focusing in on actually happened after Christmas day. You can flip to Luke chapter two. We're gonna talk about a guy named Simeon, and then we're gonna drop back into Isaiah chapter 46 and Isaiah chapter 9 through the service. Really important passages um, as we're talking about Christmas and as we're talking about a relationship with God. Before we get into the message, I have something just really important that I don't want you to miss. Grab your pens, pull your calendars out. I'm not talking about Christmas Eve Thursday in two locations. One of them not here. None of them are here, so don't show up here the Schuylkillhaven Zorling Auditorium 530 or our Tremont campus. But this is so important. The Sunday after Christmas, I don't know what date it is. 26. Thanks, Mama. 26, there will, this location will be closed. You, you all look like you're sad, but I know you weren't going to show up anyway. Like, <laughs> the 26, this location is closed, the 26th. And the only location, well, well, online will be open, and also Grace Tremont will be open, which is good, because I'd encourage you, everybody should go check out that brand new campus at least one Sunday. If you're looking to go to church, that's Sunday after the 26th, Grace Tremont, 930. Also, share it with your friends who aren't here, because the last thing I want to happen is somebody show up and have to read the sign taped to the front door out here. We're going to communicate it through email and text to remind you, but nothing's better than word of mouth. So when you're at work and doing lunch and you see somebody that usually comes but isn't here this morning, please tell them that. All right. I'm ready to go. Let's, uh, let's pray and we'll get right into it. Dear God, we thank you so much for your love for us. Man, what, a, what an awesome but busy season we're in. And throw on top of it a bunch of other chaos happening in our world, and we need this space really bad. We need this space to come and kind of set aside our problems and our distractions and the busyness of the season and just focus in on what's most important, and, and we're here to say that you're most important. We aren't. My to-do list isn't. The schedule that I have, it's not as important as my relationship with you and my own spiritual health. This morning, I pray that you would speak to each of us through your word. We, we ask your spirit to come and move in this place in our hearts. Encourage those who need some encouragement and strengthen those who need strength and even challenge those of us who need to be challenged. We admit that we are not good gods of our lives. We need you. This morning, I just pray that you would do an awesome work in Jesus' name, amen. We are looking at Luke chapter 2. I just want to read it. This message is titled, The Promised Gift. The Promised Gift. And uh, in Luke chapter 2, we're going to focus in on post-Jesus' birth and a guy named Simeon. Now, it says this, if you're following along, if you're watching, oh, by the way, welcome, Tremont, and welcome online. I'm so glad that you're here, along with our 930 crew at Cresona. We're so glad that you're joining us. The promised gift. 
Now there was a man in Jerusalem called Simeon who was righteous and devout. He was waiting for the consolation of Israel. Now, I don't expect, man, I got to Google this every other year just to remind myself what that means. So if you don't know what the consolation of Israel actually means, don't feel bad about it. What, what it's talking about is the hope of Israel, the promised one, the Messiah. That's what it means when it says Simeon was waiting for the consolation of Israel. He was waiting for the Messiah, God's redemptive plan who would come and free them. They thought just from bondage, but he would free them from so much more. The consolation of Israel was a promise that they had gotten, that they would hold on to, that they were waiting for through some very dark, difficult, and confusing times. He was waiting for the consolation of Israel, and the Holy Spirit was on him. You know, you have that. If you, are, if you have professed faith and, and given your life to Christ, you have that promise in you already, the promise of God's Spirit in you, the Holy Spirit working and moving and drawing you to him and convicting us and counseling us when we need it. And the, the Spirit speaks to us, makes these words come to life for us. You have that too. Isn't that an incredible gift you don't have to wait for anymore. Man, I don't know what I would do without God's Spirit helping, guiding, praying for me in those moments where I can't even pray for myself. So thankful that that's a promise I don't have to wait for, and it's a promise Simeon didn't have to wait for either. In verse 26, it says, it had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit, because that's what the Spirit of God does. It reveals deeper more important things to us. Some of you ended up here today because the Spirit, you may not have placed it on the Spirit. You may have thought it was some bad pizza last night or something, but the Spirit moved in you this morning and was like, yo, you gotta, you gotta go to church. What are you doing? Moved by the Spirit, he went to the temple courts. Moved by the Spirit, he went into the temple courts. When the parents... As Mary and Joseph brought the child Jesus to do for him what the custom of the law required. That means that they would, they would dedicate his life to God at the temple. We do that today. Child dedications, they're coming. Don't ask me about them this week. I know, I know you're excited about it, everybody, but that's a 2022 thing. When the parents brought in the, ch the child Jesus to do for him what the custom of the law required... Simeon took him in his arms and praised God, saying, now check this out. Sovereign Lord, as you have promised, you may now dismiss your servant in peace. For my eyes have seen, do you know what that means? You may now dismiss your servant in peace. It doesn't mean like, oh, you can punch out and go, you know, you, can leave. you don't have to work in the temple anymore, Simeon. You can like go pick up that job, cut trees down in the forest that you were so hoping for where you never have to see people again. It wasn't like that kind of, wasn't like that kind of, like, it, he was like, I can die now. I can die now. I've seen everything I need to see. You can dismiss your servant in peace. For my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared in the sight of all nations, a light for revelation to the Gentiles, and the glory of your people, 
Israel, the promised gift. Some of you have a tough time waiting for Christmas. In my house, I I discovered this year, I don't know why this year more than any other year, but the Christmas music started way early. How about you? You can look judgmentally at the people that you sit with if they were playing Christmas music before Thanksgiving. You You can move seats if they were playing Christmas music before Halloween. (laughs) In my house, they were playing Christmas music before Halloween. Now, I love Christmas, but that's way, way too early. I don't need to see Hallmark Christmas movies that, wait, it's not even that bad. You're getting ahead of me. I don't need to see Hallmark Christmas movies that aren't playing on TV yet. They were recorded from last year. Because not even Hallmark has caught up with your Christmas spirit. Some of you have a tough time waiting for Christmas. I used to have a tough time waiting for Christmas. My brother and I grew up in a pastor's home. And back in the day, what, what you lived in, this is way back in the day, what you lived in if you were a pastor was a parsonage. And often a parsonage, it's a home that was owned by the church, and they would kind of give us like a package because they didn't pay anything. They'd be like, oh, here, here's 50 cents in a house. <laughs> it's a really old house. It needs a lot of work. Good luck with that, but you have a parsonage. I grew up in this parsonage, and this parsonage was right across the, the, the intersection, like catty corner, like diagonal from the white church. You can still go see both those places down 2nd Street in Cresona. And I grew up in this parsonage, and Matt and I grew up in this parsonage. It was a cool old house, and I loved it. And every Christmas time, we would go on a mission to find all the presents that my mom stunk at hiding from us. She was terrible at it. One Christmas, all the presents were laid up in her bed and just covered with a blanket. So we would, my brother Matt and I, some of you maybe maybe have met Matt, he's two years younger than me. Uh, My parents took a break from kids just because Matt and I were that awesome for a bunch of years before they had more. (laughs) And uh, we would, we would wait until mom and dad were at church. (laughs) And then we couldn't wait anymore, right? Like, we would do all kinds of creeping around while mom and dad were hung up talking to people after church or at Sunday night church, which was a thing back then. Some of y'all old saints know, right? Like, you had to go to church on Sunday morning, and then you, out of guilt, went to church on Sunday night. No, just kidding. You went went to learn something, right? We, we would sneak out of the house and go, and I remember one Christmas, we can never wait for anything. Even today, like, I'll buy a present for my wife, Jen, and I'll just tell her. I don't know why I tell her. I just tell her what I got for it, because I can't wait for Christmas. I would, we would sneak over, and I remember we snuck over one year, and we pulled the blanket back, and we were looking at all these amazing presents, clearly bought for boys our age. And then on Christmas morning, right, none of those presents showed up. Mom had figured out that we saw all the presents she bought for us. And, you know, you know when, you're, when you don't wait, you miss out. Because we don't always have the best timing. When you don't wait, sometimes things can get confused. When you don't wait and you rush ahead of the proper timing, man, disappointment usually is what you end up with. Some of y'all, you, you didn't wait. It's okay. I, I'm not good at it either. 
You didn't wait, like, for God's timing, and you've made some pretty big mistakes in that space where your impatience drove you to enable your own plan instead of waiting for God's plan. I think, man, waiting gets, it gets super hard when, when we're running out, when we're running out of time or faith, and when we're feeling desperate. Impatience and desperation have led to a lot of heartache in our world. We, we have trouble waiting when, um, when we're just, be, we've been broken by other promises. I don't want to wait for a promise because I know that promise is going to be broken at some point anyway. We have trouble waiting when we're tired and worn out. We just can't anymore. I don't know if you have trouble waiting in life, but Simeon was an expert at waiting for a promise from God. Now, if you have ever been in a situation where you were waiting, I don't know for what, like, right, like waiting for love, <laughs> waiting for the other person to apologize, I don't know what you're waiting for, like waiting for your purpose or a job that fills you with meat, I don't know what you're waiting for. Maybe you're waiting for a breakthrough or some kind of change in you or other people. I don't know what you're waiting for. I don't know what you're waiting for, but if you're ever found yourself waiting for something and struggling in the process? If you ever found yourself like in your impatience, messing some things up? If you've ever found yourself desperate and you feel like you're running out of time or you're running out of faith, if you've ever been waiting for something, man, Simeon, he's your guy. Simeon, he didn't have trouble waiting for Christmas. He patiently and faithfully waited for a promise he had gotten from God. I'm sure there were times in Simeon's life where he got like uncomfortable with the process. Maybe there were even times where he was like, yo, I don't see any indication that this gift that God is giving to me and to us is coming anytime soon. In fact, I see indications in my life that would tell me the opposite. Things don't seem to be getting better. They seem to be getting worse. It doesn't feel like God's answering my prayers. It feels like I'm talking to the wall. I'm seeing there's no indication that the promise is coming, but yet, here Simeon is, patiently Waiting, dependent on God, and trusting that even if he can't see it, even if it seems like things are going in the opposite direction, God's timing is better than his timing. Because God's ways are bigger than his ways. Do you ever, don't you want that kind of trust? Don't you want to be able to trust Outside of your impatience, outside of your disappointment, don't, don't you want to be able to trust God in those moments where it, where it feels like nothing's happening, where, where it feels like the answers aren't coming? No indication of when. No clues laid out for him. Here you have this guy named Simeon. A faithful man, righteous, devout, following God, 
who was able to remain in between the space of the promise and the realization in such a faithful and excellent and hopeful way. I love this about Simeon, and as I look at his life, I'm trying to figure out, like, how'd he do it? Because I'm so impatient, like, right? I want to write a bad review when the drive through line is too long. I don't, because that's what jerks do. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> if you're beating up a waitress because of the weight, you got, you got to check your heart right now, because, like, those poor... Men and women, right? Like their their life's been tough <laughs> for them in, the, in that business, right? Like he's not gonna like shoot an email to the pastor because he didn't preach his favorite Christmas <laughs> passage. Nobody ever does that here. Here Simeon is. He's just in that space. I want to know how he does it. I want to know how he doesn't get angry when he becomes impatient. Because that's what a lot of us do. I want to know how he doesn't, like, question God's intent for his life when he doesn't realize the instant gratification of his faith. You know, sometimes God will show up in a moment and the peace will sweep over you almost like in an instant when you need it most, but other times... This whole process of growing with God and deepening our spiritual walk and getting to know him and becoming like Christ. In fact, not just other times, most of the time, it's a long process. It's a journey. It doesn't look like this. It looks more like this, you know? We're filled with ups and downs and two steps backward and three falls down and four failures this way and saying the wrong thing and then... I want to know how Simeon did it. I think it came down to two things. I preached this before and, and I missed one. But as we're all dealing with things that we are impatient for in life, I realized that, man, there has to be more to it than just a promise because sometimes just a promise isn't enough to see you through the really difficult moments of waiting. As I was studying this, I flipped back to Isaiah chapter 46. Would you flip back there with me? Isaiah chapter 46, and we can start in verse 9. I want to just read this passage. I think this holds a key for Simeon and for us if we're going to learn how to, how to wait on God. It's, it's difficult to wait. Simeon was a guy who did it so well. It, it says this in Psalm 46 and verse Nine, remember the former things, those long ago. I am God, and there is no other. I am God, and there is none like me. I make known the end from the beginning. From ancient times, what is still to come. I say, now some of you need to check this out because you've been growing impatient and been feeling desperate. I say, my purpose will stand and I will do what I please. From the east I summon a bird to pray, from a far off land a man to fulfill my purpose. <laughs> what I have said, that I will bring about. What I have planned, 
that I will do. Simeon would have known this about God. He would have known this about God. He would have known that God is not a man. God does not change like we change. He would have known that he can count on the promise of God, check this out, because of the character of God. Now, here's a space I think we miss. There, there's a whole lot of people that want to talk to me about God all over the place. They want to talk to me about God. They have big questions about God. They question his existence. You know what? And what I find over and over and over again, not just out there in people who aren't those who believe, but even within the, the family of believers itself is a misunderstanding of the character of God. Listen, of course we grow impatient. Of course we doubt. Of course we question God when we start putting this kind of human filter on him because our dad broke a promise to us once, so God must break a promise to us too at some point. We can't trust anybody. The people that we trusted are the people that have hurt us the most. Of course we grow impatient and we want to run out in front of God when we don't understand his character. God loves you and he is unchanging. He sets his plans and he will accomplish them. What he says, not just some of what he says, not just a little bit of what he says, what he says he will do. You, you can't trust God because he promised you a bunch of stuff. You can trust God because of his character. Because he is all-knowing, all-present, because he is faithful when we are not faithful. Because he knows the beginning from the end. He will establish his plans for you. You can trust God because of his character. And I wonder how much you know about this God you say you believe in. How much do you know about him? Not what he, just what he says, but what he's like. A.W. Tozer is this famous old theologian. He's one of my favorite authors when I'm studying stuff. And he said that the one most highest thing to study in theology and scripture, the one thing that he would encourage everybody to study, the most important thing is the character of God. Because you can trust him because of who he is. You can trust him because of what he's like. Simeon got this. He knew the promises of old like he knew the promises of old for sure. He, he knew that in Isaiah chapter 9, this incredible passage, if you flip back even further, I have it marked with a gum wrapper in my Bible because that's super professional, especially when it flips out accidentally onto the floor in front of everybody on the camera. Nevertheless, there will be no more gloom for those who are in distress. See, this was the promise. This is the promise you can bank on because of the character of God. Nevertheless, there will be no more gloom for those who are in distress. 
Skip down to verse 2. It says, the people walking in darkness have seen a great light. Those living in the land of deep darkness, a light has dawned. Man, this was written to some people in some deep darkness. If you're sitting here and you're wrestling with any kind of darkness at all, maybe darkness in your soul or darkness in a relationship or darkness in your life, if you're dealing with darkness because some kid is destroying their life and you feel helpless to be able to do anything about it, if you fear darkness as you watch your parents struggle with illness or whatever, if those people walking in darkness have seen a great light on those living in the land of deep darkness, a light has dawned. You have enlarged the nation and increased their joy. Does that remind you of what the angel said? I come with great news. I'm gonna mess up this quote of great joy for all people, something like that. We'll get to Christmas Eve, just wait, I'll nail it there, I promise. <laughs> I promise I'll nail it on Christmas Eve. Ryan will nail it in Tremont on Christmas Eve. A light has dawned. You have enlarged the nation and increased their joy. They rejoice before you as people rejoice at the harvest, as warriors rejoice when dividing the plunder. For the day of Midian's defeat, you have shattered the yoke that burdens them, the bar across their shoulders, the rod of their oppressor. Let's skip to verse six here. For, for to us, a child is born. To us, a son is given promise for all those walking in darkness. Not an empty promise. A promise that gives joy when you understand it. Joy that's so much deeper than just happiness. Joy is the, is the happiness that can stick when the circumstances stink. For to us a child is born, a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the greatness of his government and peace, there will be no end. You see, Simeon knew the promise, and he knew the character of the one who promised and that's why he was able to stay in that space he needed to stay in. It was a faithful space. It was an attentive space. It was a willing space. And those are three characteristics I got to find my heart finding. Like, I want to have a heart that is faithful to God even when I don't understand. I want to have a heart that's attentive. Hopefully, that's why you're here this morning. It's a practice of being attentive, listening for the voice of God. And I don't want to just be attentive and faithful. I want to be willing to follow, even if I don't know what the end result's gonna be. You apply those three things to your heart and your faith, man, and God will lead you to some absolutely glorious moments that are beyond your comprehension. Faithful in the little things, and he will do really big things through your life. Attentive for his voice, and you will know that even when the prayers aren't answered the way you want them to be, that he is still speaking, he is not silent, and he is still moving on your behalf. And then willing 
to take an uncomfortable step to stretch yourself when God says move. Simeon was just faithful and attentive, doing what he did all the time, every day. Showing up to the temple, worshiping God, deepening his understanding of him. And he was paying attention and listening to the voice of God through the Holy Spirit. So that when the Spirit said, yo, you got to get to the temple now. He wasn't like, ah, oh, but I got things to do. I got I to gotta hit up the giant and pick up the grocery order, and then I got to go Christmas shopping because, well, I've been watching Hallmark movies for three months. I have totally procrastinated on all the shopping. <laughs> you feel me on that one, some of you? Like, guys, you're like, yeah, oh, man, I got our store's even open this week? <laughs> he was in that space. He, he was attentive so that when he heard the voice of God in his life, Saying, yo, it's time to step. It's time to go to the temple. <clears throat> I'm not going to explain why. Just go. When you hear the voice of God saying, it's time to say you're sorry. It's time to invite that person over for dinner or to church. It's time to talk to your kids about Jesus. It's time to dig deeper into the character of God, to really get to know him. It's time to stretch yourself and serve. When, when you hear the voice of God saying it's time to seek help in your relationship, it's time to talk to your boss about that issue, it's time. You've been attentive and faithful and you will know God's voice in your life. And when you're willing to follow it, and everything changes. So, it's not enough to just know the promises of God. You know that he promises to never leave you nor forsake you. Do you know that he promises in Philippians 1.6 that he began a good work in you and he will complete it to the point of perfection? I know we're a long way off. But God's doing something in me bigger than I can do in myself. Do you know that he promises that this Jesus who came, God among you, is the savior of the world and the rescuer of your heart. Do you know he promises that in this world you will have trouble and that stinks, but take heart for I have overcome the world. Do you know he promises us that he is patient with us, not wanting anyone to perish. Do you know that he promises he will come again and right all the wrongs, deliver justice everywhere. Justice needs to be delivered that his kingdom will be a kingdom of peace and there will be no end to it. You have so many, so many promises from the God who loves you. But what helps you wait in the dark days and the difficult moments, it's not just the promise. It's the character of the one who has promised. You can trust him. He's not man. He does not change his mind or shift in the winds of time. He will do what he says he will do. His plans will not be thwarted. And, and for me, that just fills me with so much hope and strength. It makes the times where waiting is difficult feel a little less difficult, still difficult. 
it, it helps me know that even when I face disappointment at the hands of other people, that there is one who, even though I don't always understand it or I don't always feel it, who won't disappoint, who will always be with me no matter what happens. So I got to stay connected like Simeon was connected. I got to stay connected to God and his people. I got to stay connected to what he wants to be. I got to keep my heart faithful to him, attentive for his voice, and willing to step when he says step. Is that where your heart's at right now? Faithful, willing, and attentive. If you've been struggling in your walk with God and things have been difficult, I would encourage you to jump into his character. He is good and he is for you. He will not disappoint and you can trust him. Let's pray. God, we thank you. For you are faithful even when we aren't. You, you have promised us so much. Like Right now I'm thinking like even the fields, right? The flowers in the fields are taken care of. The birds in the sky are taken care of. How much more, you said, will you take care of us? I love your promises. They are so good and they inspire so much hope. But it's not just your promises that see us through. It's your character. You are God and there is none like you. You're the only God, the true God. Your word will go out and it will accomplish what you have set it out to do. And I pray that it would accomplish it in my heart, in our hearts. I confess, God, there are times where I'm not faithful, I'm not listening, and I'm not even willing I don't know, maybe somebody else needs to confess that right now. Would you help us to remain faithful to you even in the darkness and the confusion of life? Would you help us to remain faithful to you and not be torn this way and that by an unrelenting schedule and a bunch of nonsense that keeps us busy day in and day out, only birthing anxiety in us? Help us to be attentive to your voice. I don't want to listen to some other person's voice. I don't want somebody else telling me what they think my heart needs. I I want to hear from your voice, your promised voice. And that may be the hardest part is when we hear you speaking to us, it's being willing to step out of our comfort zone. For crying out loud to like, Humble ourselves a little bit. Set aside our selfishness. This weird kind of like we're always right mentality that we adopt. To just be willing to follow you. Would you make us a faithful, attentive, and willing people? We know that we can wait on you that your word will always prove true and right and exactly what we need at exactly the time we need it most.
Love you. In Jesus' name, amen.